0: Friends, of course I go by the name of the Kid Famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. The moment of truth has arrived, looking for James, he's got it, coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot at history, and there it is! LeBron stands alone!
1: Less than 24 hours from history on a court that helped make 24 and 8 legendary. LeBron James sets one of basketball's most hallowed marks and sparks up one of sports' most legendary debates all over again. Tim McCallum and Jesse Rubinoff from the almost as hallowed yes. Tim and Friends studio getting you set for your night close. of sports. Two hours. Close. Yeah. yeah <laughs> real close. Yeah. Two hours of edutainment coming your way, which will include some debate of our own. LeBron and Michael fighting after a big hit in hockey, and just which ice cream flavor is the greatest on planet Earth? Trick question. There's no right answer. They're all amazing, except for rum raisin. That stuff is the Andrea Bargnani of first overall picks. Andrea Bargnani catching a stray. Rum raisin is the one that was meant to catch a streak. That stuff is garbage. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. No, Uh, like every other ice cream flavor that isn't some sort of joke, Mm. like pizza, I'm a fan of. Rum raisin can go bleep itself. I'm sorry. There's a there's a, a pizza flavored ice yeah, cream. Yeah, there was a pe- pe- I saw a bunch of different ice cream flavors out there when I researched what is the worst flavor. That's called trying too hard. Yeah, it's called trying too yeah. hard. Uh, cotton candy was on the list. I don't mind cotton candy ice cream. No. I mean, Rum it's good raisin for kids. again good can go kids. bleep itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. What's your favorite ice cream? Cookie dough. Easy answer. Yeah. It's not even a question. It's it, not. Sebi, do you have a favorite flavor? Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Wow, Sebi, hold on. Shan, do you have a on. favorite flavor of ice cream? He says cookie, chocolate. Chocolate. See, I, am like, I, and I'll put a bunch of different flavors depending on the day. Sometimes I'm a vanilla guy. Sometimes I'm a butter pecan guy. Butter sometimes pecan. I mix the two. I'm a chocolate mint guy. There's no right answer. It's a mood thing. It's yeah, a mood thing. I don't know how you can just give one. Like, cookie dough is good.
2: Yeah, cookie dough is really good. Yeah, and, Shan, and also chocolate. Oreo, very it's good. It's
1: usually chocolate chip cookie dough. So, we're all in the same ballpark here, I would yeah, say. I, I don't yeah. believe there's a right answer to this question. Love I it. may be wrong. Let us know at Tim and Friends. Elliot Friedman is going to stop by today. Ken Reed is going to stop by today. Arash Madani from the Super Bowl will stop by. will lose Bank Arena a day before the NBA trade deadline. More rumors swirling. We'll try to get to a bunch of those by the end of this segment. And speaking of Dead Man Walking... Oh. Oh. My God, where did that oh. come from? Oh, my God, I'm scared. The Undertaker is coming on this show, doing a one-man show, and Mark Calloway, a.k.a. Taker, is going to jump on and talk about it. Makes the hair on the Maybe back of your neck. Maybe a little bit of his career. Woo! In the WWE. Pretty cool. Some of his favorite got. Every time it cracks, it scares the bleep out of me. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, will join us here. I Jesse, I know if Kevin Mickey was on and in that chair, uh, we might have to call a doctor after two hours. <laughs> but how much of a wrestling guy are two you? Two hours. Two hours. Is, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I after was two I, hours. I, call your doctor. Yeah. No,
2: yeah. Right. Uh, not <laughs> as much anymore. But as a kid, yeah. uh, obsessed. Like paper. per so 30 months, years ago.
1: That's that's oh. kind of
2: your era. Oh no question. It was the raw, first Stone Survivor Cold Series, Undertaker. Was 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm no, more than 30 years ago. It now. was. He is. He was a, a huge part of my childhood. Right. A huge part of it. So I'm, very I'm, cool.
1: I'm kind of old school, uh, but this is one of the very few that like transcend. Like I mean, people who have never watched wrestling in their life know who this guy is. Like there's only a handful of people that are like that, like yeah. athletes, entertainers, you recognize without being a fan necessarily of that, like Wayne Gretzky you could put on SNL and people knew who he was even though they didn't watch hockey. Mm-hmm. LeBron does it, Jordan does it, uh, Brady, Messi, Ronaldo, like Taker is one of those dudes, is he not?
2: Yeah, and he's a character too, like his, his name is The Undertaker. Like, that's how you know him, which is, like, the craziest part of
1: all of it. And he's huge. Yeah, he's huge. And he's got, like, a full head of very nice hair. And he's got the tats. And, like, it's all kind of crazy. So we'll talk to him just after 6 p.m. Eastern. And we hope we stick around for that. In fact, we we hope you stick around for the whole thing. Like, it's our livelihood. We get paid for it. So we hope that you will stick around for all of it. And it starts with Jesse Rubinoff. And first things first, let's bring the heat like the homie, Iron Sheik.
3: First first, first, first,
2: first. All right, here we go. We uh, speculated exactly when and how LeBron James would break the scoring record, and last night we got our answer with mm-hmm. the stars out and family in attendance. LeBron hit a step back jumper. It was indeed not the skyhook. This was in the dying seconds of the third quarter. Yeah, for it was Jordan esque instead of. It Kareem-esque. was Jordan esque. Yeah. Well, I guess it's Jordan esque, but also LeBron esque, because yeah. he's done that quite a few times in his career, too. What were you thinking in that moment?
1: All right let's just preface the rest of the conversation with this I'm a Jordan guy I have been for a long time we're not having the argument yet I'm just giving you context to how I'm delivering what I was feeling in the moment. If you step back and think about what we just saw like it's greatness at the highest level I mean LeBron just broke the all time scoring record what a week ago he passed Steve Nash who won two MVPs with his passing ability and Mark Jackson to move into fourth in the all-time assist chart. Like, (laughs) if he just wanted to be a scorer, this record could have fallen a long time ago. Instead, he only did it 150 games quicker than a top five player of all time. Ponder that for (laughs) a moment. Like, let that say, like, 150 games quicker than Kareem who, if you listed the best players of all time with some of the deepest basketball heads in the world, you would have had him top five. I mean, think of this. He's one of the greatest passers of all time. He defended multiple positions very well. He has one of the greatest blocks in NBA history and is now the greatest scorer in the history of the game. And it's not just (laughs) longevity. Like, he's 38, he's averaging 30 a game right now it's absurd at 38 no it's absurd 30 a game Mm -hmm. you've said it's absurd Yeah, three times that's three more than his career average which is around 27 which is top five in history and just a tenth of a point back of kevin durant points per game career and kevin durant might be the greatest scorer i've ever seen like it's truly Mm mind-blowing what we're talking yes the decision was a bad decision yes The player empowerment era that he kickstarted just kind of jumped the shark and yes his whiny face when looking at officials is really annoying (laughs) outside of that you can't touch his game and you won't touch this record he's 38 and still going strong not only that he averaged fewer than five missed games a season over his first 15 years in the league that's insane. Almost as insane as a 38-year-old averaging over 30 a game and not blinking when he needed to score 36 to break the record. The oldest all-NBA player in NBA history is 38 years old. LeBron's there. Like, it's all pretty incredible. And that's what I was thinking. Like What we saw is almost unreal. What we're watching right now is almost unreal which is why we got the reaction that we got when it happened last night on Twitter. Yes, there was a lot of
2: reaction and a lot of admiration last night. Uh, Among them, diehard Laker fans like Kendrick Lamar and Rihanna, along with all-time greats such as Magic Johnson and the big fella Shaquille O'Neal. They showed their love for the milestone. Have a look. LeBron, what up,
4: dog? I am so grateful to witness this moment in history. Nah,
2: this one take the cake.
3: Hell, congrats. Congratulations on becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. What a legendary
2: night in NBA history.
3: My favorite thing
4: about being a LeBron James fan is just watching you prove yourself over and over again against all odds and all doubt. It's always fun watching the Lakers get it done.
5: This is one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history. Truly an honor to be part of it as a teammate. You've changed the game of basketball. It's been an inspiration since
3: day one. You did that, and I know you get a bigger kick out of a great pass than a score. From the time you went to the league, when you had the doubters and the naysayers and people that think you wouldn't take it this far, you proved them wrong, dog. You know, since you were young, all the goals you set, you've accomplished on and off the court. Love you, King. La Familia for life. Congratulations, Brian, Brian. Thank
4: you for rapping for all of us. Keep striving for greatness always. And congratulations, King James.
2: Following up on that video, a lot of tweets rolling in. Kevin Love saying, True greatness. Incredibly grateful to have witnessed and been a part of your journey. History made. Obviously, he and LeBron were teammates for quite some time. In Cleveland, Draymond Green saying, Congrats, my brother. Not hearing anything they say in with the amount of points, which just every time you look at it, it seems kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, really Kyle Kuzma it's true. lived up to the expectation of having the greatest career ever. My brother, cool to say I gave you a few assists. That is rather cool. That, think.
1: That's the part of this, and I'm just going to pause you for a yeah. quick second. Yeah. Like, He came into the league with chosen one Mm -hmm. and he is the magazine cover. Did you hear what his mom said? Everything that you set out to achieve, you've achieved. Yeah. Who (laughs) implanted her? That's, that's ridiculous. He's 38 and, and it's hard to argue. He has accomplished everything he set out to accomplish. And this was all part of it. Like last night was all part of it. Having his sons on hand, Mm -hmm. having Kareem on hand, even though they've had their differences, like all those things, Kuz said it, his mom said it, everything that he set out to accomplish, he's accomplished, that's crazy. You could sort of tell that him and Kareem have had their differences last
2: night, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, John Legend echoes exactly what you just said. Uh, This man has been in the spotlight and burdened with the highest expectations since he was a teenager, and he's done nothing but exceed those expectations and build a historic legacy. What an incredible accomplishment. Patrick Mahomes. Who's going sort of for legendary yeah, goat, status goat right status, now. status, yeah. Uh, congrats, legendary stuff. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, all-star this year. Um, the world gener- generational, can't even explain it, man. And then yeah. even Skip Bayless. Uh, humbling <laughs> even himself, Skip Bayless. Humbling, humbling himself enough to say congratulations. Speaking to of the here.
1: Iron Sheep, yeah. <laughs> Skip Bayless, humble. Yeah. Humble, that's cheeky baby, speak to Skip Bayless, unbelievable. Must have spoken yes. to Skip Bayless, because yeah. he was humbled enough to write in all Cat. He had to. He had Congratulations to. Yeah, you can't. You here. can't no. not. And
2: that's that's the main takeaway for me, is like, y- you said it, to, to watch what this man has been able to accomplish from the age essentially of, what, 13? Really 13. Yeah, there was
1: a story Brian Windhorst wrote as a freshman in high school yeah. about... Mentioning LeBron James and how impressive he was. Yeah, like, So and after freshman all of that, in high school.
2: and I get it, because the, the higher up the rung that you go in terms of your greatness, the more haters you're going to have, because that's just the people are going to try and knock you off the pedestal that you right. have built we yourself you, up. We build you up to, to tear knock you down. down. Exactly right. And this man has still managed to remain at that pedestal for so many years. And the fact that he's doing what he's doing in year 20, like we, we knew... You said this this morning. We were talking earlier. We knew years ago that he was going to break this record. Because that's how good he is. And that's how sure of the longevity that he has we all were. And to finally see him do it last night,
1: you just got to appreciate the greatness for me. I never thought Kareem's record would be broken. Mm -hmm. Do you think this record will ever be broken?
2: I don't see how, to be honest, just based on when he came into the league, coming straight out of high school, which... Things are going to change. Obviously, you can yeah, it might happen factor again, in with the G but, League and yeah. stuff. But to not have sustained any real major injuries over the course of his career obviously he takes remarkable care of his body, spends millions of dollars on his body every year, yeah. drinks copious amounts of wine. Apparently, that's, uh, I guess, good for you. And I, I just don't see how it's possible because you mentioned where he, he ranks per game, per game, not just not just a season, season here season there where he's been one of the best scorers, poor game throughout his career to be able to sustain that for so long. Unless something with science and, and the way we're able to take care of our bodies changes, I don't see
1: how it's possible. No, unless we clone human beings and allow them to play right. in the NBA. Like clone him. So that we're watching Magic play and <laughs> exactly. Jordan and LeBron and Bird and Wilt at the same yeah. time. I don't think this is ever going to fall because he says himself he's got a few years left in him. Now, yes. there was a clip at the end of this game and I want to play this for you. Sid and I used to play a game called On to something or make a relax. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to play you the clip where he said he's got a few more years left in him and he says with any team. Yeah. Was this a hmm moment or do I need to make a relax? You know, the way I'm feeling, the way my body's been uh, reacting to me throughout this course of the season, you know, I know I can play a couple more years. It's just, it's all about my mind. You know, if my mind is still into it, if I'm still motivated to go out and try to compete for championships because I feel like that's what I can still uh, do for it for any group of guys, for any franchise, I can go out there and still help win multiple championships or win a championship. So that's my mindset, but it's all about the mind. If my mind is sharp and I feel motivated to go out and prepare myself every single day, then you know not going continue to play this game any team any uh-huh. s- uh, <laughs> you are very much onto something <laughs> this, is not, this is not a <laughs> no, he, did, he, doesn't, he doesn't just I think he planned his cuss word at the end um, of his
2: speech 100% like this you've seen interviews where this guy has recalled plays from 15 years ago yeah like he, he has a he is a hyper intelligent person who remembers plays and fouls and things that you wouldn't even believe so for him to, for us to think that he wouldn't carefully choose his words in an interview on that stage, he probably knew everything he was going to say last night, to a T. Right. Um, there's one other thing that I want to get to quickly. Uh, <laughs> when the shot happened, obviously uh, the people who spent a lot of money in the stadium were there mm-hmm. watching, um, but they were also watching through their phones. and They were recording the moment. They were recording the moment, and there became a pretty vigorous debate online as to, if you're going to spend the money, as you look at the comparison to Michael Jordan's shot, uh, if you're going to spend the money, why are you there in person if you're just going to record it through a phone? So do you have a
1: side on which way you stand? Okay, this this is like, So the boomers are all saying, put your phone down and enjoy the moment. Uh, All the kids are saying, you're boomers. We are enjoying moment. We can multitask. And why wouldn't we want our perspective of history recorded? (laughs) And I get both sides of this argument, but it's all horse bleep because we know every one of those people with their phone out was just doing that so they could post it on IG later. Yeah, no question. It it wasn't about them enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. It was about them flexing on other people that they were at the game.
2: Yeah, can I tell you, I I remember the Jose Bautista bat flip and I was there and there was like, I was doing mental gymnastics before the at bat thinking like, am I going to record this or not? This has potential to be historic. And I ended up, I I did record it and I regret it because I think it took away from the moment. I can go back and look at the video, but I was like up in the 500 level. It's like, so what? Yeah, there's a so million
1: what? recorders yeah. of this history exactly. these days. The only reason you're doing it, I'm sorry, generation, whatever the hell we call you, this totally you're doing this to post it on Instagram. Yeah, don't, I don't lie. Think this, I don't stop think stop lying. Question. You're putting it on Instagram. It's not about being able to multitask. It's not about <laughs> your perspective on history. It's about being able to post it on IG. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs>
2: okay, so with LeBron becoming the new all-time scoring leader, it stokes uh-huh. the fire there of one know. of the hottest ongoing debates in all of sports. Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Who is the GOAT? We've gathered some basketball experts and went deep into the numbers to give you fuel for your next GOAT argument with your friends. With more, here's Anthony Caminiti.
3: LeBron James and Michael Jordan. That one right there made me the greatest player of all time.
1: Really? Oh, so that's how you gonna play it?
3: To many, the two greatest basketball players of all time. But who is the GOAT? It's a multi-layered debate, so let's start with some numbers. Jordan leads the way in some crucial categories with six NBA titles, five MVP awards, and six finals MVPs. LeBron has four of each of those awards, but has been playing long enough to be named to 13 All-NBA First Teams and 19 All-Star Games. And now King James has added NBA career points leader to the resume. So we asked, is that enough for LeBron to be called the goat. Simply put, no. That's a tough one. You know, there's a lot of LeBron haters out there, no matter what he does. Jordan's the GOAT. Stop asking. For those who are on Team Jordan, the debate is usually pretty simple. It don't mean a thing if you ain't got those rings. I don't know why we still have to have this conversation. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. He might be the GOAT of all GOATs of all sports six times. NBA champion, six-time NBA Finals MVP. When you talk about Jordan winning three straight, then retiring from basketball only to come back and win three more and be the MVP of all six of those championships, that to me solidifies, Michael, as number one.
4: This game
5: is about winning, and it's about championships. And LeBron has championships. He's got one that's really impactful. The other, he was part of a good team. And I look at a guy like Michael Jordan, who was the lead dog six times when his team won all the championships. He was the best player.
3: Jordan has that 6-0 record in the finals. And for so many pundits, fans, people in the game, you know, being undefeated on that stage, that is really, you know, that's that's the card Michael Jordan can play that really nobody can match.
0: Six titles, six finals MVPs, the perfection, and then at his peak, when you look at the best years Michael Jordan played, I think those are, for me, the best that basketball's ever been played. I'm sticking with Michael Jordan, but
3: LeBron's still going. Which brings us to a major talking point for those on Team LeBron. While Jordan has the rings, James has over 10,000 rebounds and more than 10,000 assists to go along with 38,000-plus points. And he could still win more titles because at age 38, he's showing no signs of slowing down. The LeBron argument is longevity. He has redefined what it is to have an NBA prime. Uh, He's been doing it for two decades, 20 years. (laughs) LeBron (laughs) averaged 30 points per game in year 19, averaging 30 points per game this year. LeBron's production well into his late 30s is unlike anything we've ever seen in the NBA. But are longevity and superior career totals enough to make him the GOAT? Or is there something else at play here? This is a generational question. People my age will tell you it is Michael,
5: without question. In all of that, that you think about, is nostalgia and now you think about LeBron James and is he the greatest of all time based upon eight consecutive finals appearances based upon the four rings that he does have and I understand that Michael has six and based upon his consistency and the longevity
3: that I believe that we can now firmly say that it is LeBron James. There are clearly people on both sides of the fence, and it doesn't look like this will be resolved anytime soon. Both have made an amazing case in the GOAT debate, and since this may be a generational argument, even if you have someone else as the greatest of all time, that's perfectly okay.
1: Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So who you think is the GOAT, who I think is the GOAT, and who everyone else thinks is the GOAT, there's no right answer, there's no wrong answer. It's just an opinion. GOAT is who you want it to be. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth right there. I love that. Uh, where do you stand on the GOAT debate? Yeah, I don't think we're changing any minds here. I think if you were a LeBron guy going in, you're still a LeBron guy. If you're a Jordan guy going in, listen, um, it hasn't changed me yet, uh-huh. because I'm just Jason Siegel from Bad Teacher.
0: You're out of your mind. There is no way that LeBron will ever be Jordan. Nobody will ever be Jordan,
3: okay? Okay, LeBron's a better rebounder and passer.
0: Will you let me finish? That's true.
1: Can, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships.
3: That's your only argument. It's the
1: only
4: argument I need, Sean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the only argument I need, yeah. Sean. And and listen, I don't know if you saw this, but even LeBron's kids showed up to the game, touching mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. living under that spotlight. Uh, look down. Those are Jordan blackouts oh, yeah. on one side, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are both pairs of Jordans Unparalleled brand.
2: Unparalleled brand. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I, I do think, the one thing I'll say is, obviously, I've, I've seen LeBron, a lot more of LeBron than I saw of Michael. Yeah. And while there are documentaries like The Last Dance and I read the Jordan Rules book, like, all of that, I understand that. It's still hard to look at someone where you haven't seen them the same way. You haven't seen them through the same lens. Yeah, I thought,
1: the, I thought the last dance changed a lot of opinions, though. That, uh, kids that hadn't seen Jordan mm-hmm. in his prime watched that and were like, oh, dear God. Yeah. Maybe no, I've made a mistake. No question. It was, it was pretty good. Let's see what some of the
2: people online have to say. Um, we asked, does LeBron becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer change your opinion of who the GOAT is? Jake says, Bron was the GOAT before he went to the Lakers, everything since has been icing and cherries. Dan, nope, it is and will always be MJ. It's not even close, so agreeing with Jason Siegel, uh, Mike says, nope, especially when he keeps saying things like he thinks he is the GOAT. If you have to say you are the GOAT, you
1: aren't the GOAT. No, that, that was Shaq leading him down a road. <laughs> Shaq made him say it. That's the epitome
2: yeah. of this generation. Like You just see a clip and that's the way it is. Uh, <laughs> Danny says, I was a dig in my heels. MJ is the greatest. Uh-oh. For a long time, a man whose body of work can't be ignored is unequivocally wow. lebron at right. this point. Uh, Michael, he could score another three or 30,000 points, and he still wouldn't be it. So it, there are opinions all across the spectrum, but I will say the majority of people still believe that Michael Jordan. Is the GOAT.
1: All right, while we're still talking basketball, and I understand this debate, it'll rage on on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, there is some news to pass along here, Jesse. Shams Chirani is suggesting that LeBron has a new teammate, and it's actually an old teammate. Wow, well, he wasn't there, but he was with the Lakers. Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves in discussion on a three-team deal that would send D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers, (laughs) Russell Westbrook and draft compensation, such as a first round pick to Utah, and Mike Connolly Jr. to Minnesota. Sources tell me and others. I just have to pull up this and remind people that D'Angelo Russell has been there before (laughs) and got into a little trouble. (laughs) Seems like a sideways move. Uh we'll see if that one comes to fruition. Uh, Ian Bagley, Raptor fans. How about this? Talk Knicks, OG Ananobi, and how Nick Claxton would be a factor on some Nets Raptors deals. And now uncertainty around Kevin Durant. And I know what you're saying, Tim. What the hell does that mean? Well, this is OG Ananobi, Knicks. This one's Gary Trent for Jakob Purtle, And this one is from Brian Windhorse. The Nets' position on not trading Kevin Durant may have changed. An interesting development that has happened over the last 48 hours since the Kyrie oh, trade boy. from people that I've talked to. I told you yesterday when people said Kevin Durant wasn't going. I won't believe it till I see it. Scotty for KD coming back.
2: <laughs> All right. Still Will lose going to join us. That was a joke, by no. the way. No. That was a joke,
1: sort of. I think it was a joke. Is it? Is that something that you're- We'll ask Will Lou coming up. The Deadman, the American Badass, the phenom. The WWE legend Undertaker is joining me. We'll talk hockey, Elliot Friedman, Ken Reed. We'll also check in with Will Lou ahead of the Raptors final game before the deadline. And up next, we go live to Arizona, Arizona. Arizona, Very very scary. Someday. Why are the lights going out it's in here? On. No, that's really weird. Him and friends on a hump day. I'm very. Scared. Not that I'm scared, but.
0: Here we stand on the brink of history with a record that has lasted for more than 38 years, now 36 points away from LeBron James, etching his name at number
5: one. Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history,
6: and there it is! LeBron stands alone!
0: The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James.
1: I would never ever, in a million years, uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, man, thank you guys. Welcome back to Tim and Friends Super Bowl week continuing in Arizona both the Eagles and Chiefs held walkthroughs earlier today four days away from the big game as we go live to the Glendale area and check in with our man on the scene uh, Walter White aka Arash (laughs) McDanny. Arash one are you a breaking bad guy and two are you okay?
0: I am okay. Good. Uh, Good. Come to the desert, they said <laughs> to me. Come to, the, come to the desert. So, so here we are. All the cacti you that know, you want. The yeah. Camelback Mountain. Is there a Winnebago in the area? Come.
1: Because if there is, I'm going to get real scared. Yeah. yeah.
0: There is not. However, we did uh, we did Google what happens if you get bitten by a rattlesnake, and we better get medical attention within 30 minutes. So S- that much.
1: Suck it out. Is, no, uh, and then never control mind. Control. That's maybe I. <laughs> all right. So, Madani. I'll, I'll I'll leave that to you, McCall. If you can do all the sucking that you like, I do every day on this show. Um, so let me ask okay. you before we get to all the football. We we've been goat chatting here. Are you still MJ, or are you? officially LeBron
0: I I was never MJ Uh, I grew up a fan of the Showtime Lakers so to hell with MJ (laughs) Um, look I, I know this is this is not not in not suave not cool okay but like the NCAA outlawed the slam dunk because of Lou Alcindor who then gets to the NBA with an unblockable skyhook shot that he developed because the slam dunk was oh, wow. outlawed by the NCAA and then Kareem goes on to win six world championships and six MVPs and was the all-time leading scorer Timmy he had one three-point shot in his career one three-point field goal <laughs> yeah. and when you think back to the, that era uh, you know they're they're traveling commercially on back-to-backs on planes where people are like blowing cigarette smoke in his face. (laughs) Um, I just think that there's, because he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a brand, he's not really appreciated for who and what he was
1: absolutely wonderful points you're wrong but absolutely wonderful point. <laughs> no I'm kidding it, not, not enough people take that into account completely and utterly agree with you especially on the skyhook and the three-point shot what do you got for us today though in that in that desert oasis that is Glendale slash Phoenix
0: well I mean look all eyes and all the attention is on Patrick Mahomes and he's kind of with a championship, he may enter a little bit yeah. of a goat conversation yep. after Tom Brady. But how about the dude on the other side who his entire life was told he wasn't in? Remember, Tua basically took over the job in Alabama. And then when Jalen Ertz transferred to Oklahoma, he wasn't a first-round pick. And everybody said all the things that he couldn't do. And now at the age of 24, he brings Philly to the Super Bowl basically orchestrating the RPO better than anybody in the game, including Mahomes. And Hertz, I don't know if you guys know this, is the son of a coach. His older brother is a coach, and he says they've been two of the real influences through this entire up-and-down ride.
3: Those two guys have been instrumental in in who I am. My childhood, being a coach's kid, is. You know, it's, it's allowed me to kind of separate myself from, from, from everyone around me. and I lean on those experiences when I'm in tough times.
0: Hertz leaned on them coming out of college when there was no shortage of noise on what he couldn't do. He misses a ton of easy throws. He misses a ton of wide open receivers. I don't understand why you bringing a guy like this when he's most effective, you're going to have
2: to take your MVP level quarterback off the field and to expend the capital at a second
0: round pick for this, it doesn't quite make sense. Think about that. Not quite three years ago, pundits openly wondering why the Eagles were drafting to replace Carson Wentz. Hey Jalen, just, I'm going through your pre-draft scouting report on NFL.com. Inconsistent. got some fun, man. All these years later, Hurts hasn't forgotten inconsistent as a decision-maker he's gonna struggle to beat NFL defenses from the pocket
3: It's, it's nothing new um, you know it's something that I embrace it's something that I embrace I embraced all of the opinions I embraced all of the, the hate the doubt um, and I didn't let it define me and I and I won't start letting it define me now I don't know where it comes from but I know my pain
0: gives me a lot of strength while it does within it's not shared when he comes into the building Quietly took over for Wentz and when you talk to the Eagles vets they can't tell you of a moment where Hertz became the guy it just happened organically and quickly you know he wasn't banging on the door to be a leader you know it's just natural for him
6: how he handled himself in the locker room breaking the huddle
3: how he conducted himself around that he definitely want to lead by example. And I think when you do things a certain type of way with your example and what you do, what your actions are, I feel like that then allows you to be verbal. That allows you to um, speak on certain things.
6: The big thing with that is understanding the importance of who you're talking to and how to talk to people.
0: Last year, a two-and-five start turned into a playoff spot. This season, in the MVP conversation, leading the NFC's best team wire to wire.
4: I feel like he, he, he can make all the throws last year that he, he, he's making now. It's just now he's just playing at a, a higher level. Like, you see you see him doing things quicker. He's got uh, unbelievable maturity, unbelievable passion for the game. He
1: looks like he operates exactly what they want to do, and he can do it in the middle of the play.
0: Spagnolo's message all week to his defensive players has been clear. Don't fall into Hertz's trap of making you do too much but the quarterback is smart enough, talented enough to expose you.
4: The guy has always had the confidence that he's had, but it's just, it's it's another level now. The swagger that he plays with, just going out there knowing that he's that guy, knowing that he's gonna be the guy that's gonna run the ship,
0: And captain the ship, Jalen Hurts, probably will be doing it for quite some time. You saw Howie Roseman in the piece, the general manager. Right beside him on NFL opening night on Monday, it was the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, who said Hurts exhibits everything they want in a starting quarterback and that he has nothing more to prove. Timmy, to his cap hit is just over a million bucks yeah. this year. He's eligible for an extension this winter. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the guy everybody said couldn't do it,
1: he's about to get paid. I love how a dude named Hertz uses his pain to motivate him. That that's wonderful. Um, nice. Speaking of, whose injury are you more concerned about? We haven't heard a lot of talk about this, Mahomes or Hertz.
0: Well, look, Hertz got banged up. It was a shoulder uh, later on in the season, and he just hasn't been able to make the throws to the other side of the numbers to his deep threats. So you think back to the NFC title game. He tried to find AJ Brown. He tried to find Devonte Smith and it just wasn't there. It, this is not about zip on the football. This is about accuracy with the football. That's where the shoulder really makes an impact. But Timmy, I really think that the high ankle sprain with Mahomes is the bigger issue because it is the magic that Patrick Mahomes brings. Right. The mobility, what he's able to improvise. When that gets hobbled up, that's a factor. Hurts on the RPO. I, I spoke with Steve Spagnolo on Monday and Casey's defensive coordinator said, look, we have to be disciplined and each guy has to do their job. They can't go freelancing in option football, trying to do a little too much. And I just can't see that continuing for four quarters. So I think Hertz is gonna be okay with his legs. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if Mahomes is gonna be able to be that
1: for four quarters. Hey man, great job as always. I'm glad the Winnebago didn't show up. I really enjoy talking sports with you. And as I've said on Twitter before, you are one of the more knowledgeable dudes in this business in Canada. Period. Love it. Thank you.
0: I appreciate you, man.
1: Uh, there is a Rashmi Danny in the desert, hopefully with no Walter White inside. Yeah. Raptors are back in action tonight as they host the Spurs trade deadline Lumen. Will this be the last that we see of this group of Raptors together? We'll discuss with Will Liu. Will there be standing ovations tonight? Mm. Standing ovations. Still to come: Elliot Friedman and The Undertaker, along with Ken Reed. <laughs> it's funny to say. Uh, Raptors <laughs> at home to the San Antonio Spurs tonight in the final game before tomorrow's <laughs> deadline. It's true. Dakers joining us. OG Ananomi will miss his sixth straight game with an injury. Question is: Has he already played his last game as a? Ra- hmm. Jesse has oh OG already played oh his last goodness. game. As a Toronto Raptor, Will Lou now joins us from the court. The Raptors and Spurs will play on tonight. He of the uh, yes, aptly sir. named Raptor Show with Will Lou. What's going on, Will? How are you, man?
6: What's going on? This is, feels much more formal than just sitting beside you. But uh, <laughs> I'm happy to come on as always. You
1: know? Mi- microphone in hand, official reporter pose. I love it. All right, I'll ask you an informal question to start. More shocking to you. Right. The Undertaker is on my show today or Twitter is now down globally? What shocks you more?
6: It's gotta be the Twitter thing. I mean, come on, like, <laughs> Elon Musk, man. You understand the NBA trade deadline. Everybody is just refreshing your timeline over and over again. This is peak activity right now. You gotta make that, you just gotta get it to work. It's I mean, the Undertaker, servers. I mean, that's that's cool. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty who cool, does this
1: affect more than Shams and Woj? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. Like, Shams and Woj right now are putting their fists through walls. <laughs>
6: Yeah,
1: no kidding. Uh, By the way, Twitter is in front of the grandstanders. Sorry, I mean the Senate right now has nothing to do with it being down globally. All right, let's talk some basketball, Will Lou. Um, So I mentioned OG Ananobi. I know that the show has been full of rumors and speculation because that's what we've had in front of us for the last little while. Do you feel in your gut of guts that this team will change by tomorrow?
6: I think so, yeah. Um, I think it probably won't be any sort of full-scale teardown. You're not going to see three, four guys walk out the door, especially not starters. But I, I do expect at least one or two of the starters to be moved. There's too much smoke, really, for there not to be some fire in that sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, listen, the trade deadline is always like this every year, right? You're going to hear about it for months leading up to it, and nothing's going to happen until probably the last like hour, maybe the last half hour, maybe the last five minutes. So, uh, but I, I think ultimately, look, the, the cat's had kind of out of the bag in this situation and, you know, uh, you, if you can turn one of your key starters here into another prospect and some future picks, I think you got to really consider it. I think those offers are on the table. And, yeah, of, of course, like everyone's going to wait until the last second, but I think something will happen for sure.
1: It's starting to feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree with this statement at all, but it feels way more like a retool than a rebuild here.
6: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't think there's a specific need to tear everything down. I think that, you know, when you're thinking about the fact that you have Scotty Barnes, who is the reigning rookie of the year, and look, he went through a slow stretch at the start of the season, but he's really picked it up of late. Last time we saw him, he was hitting game winners over the defensive player of the year. There's a very, very solid base that you can build on just from that alone. And then, of course, you have Pascal Siakam, who, you know, just last season making all NBA, um, you know, all star snub this year, but clearly a very productive player. When you have both those pieces, I think it's really just about finding another three who can really complement them well. And I think last season we did see Fred, we did see Gary, we did see OG really, really work nicely with them. This year, even though it's the same group, even though there's a lot of continuity, it hasn't really delivered the same results. So I think the front office really has to make that decision in terms of who are the other three guys to put around those two. But for now, I mean Pascal and Scotty, they're going to be here tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. And going forward, um, it's just about finding the right pieces around them. And. You know, I think the good thing is that a lot of those players have real value. Like, uh, you know, we've seen Fred be a very, very good player in this league, an all-star last year at a champion. We've seen OG is one of the premium 3 and D players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Gary is just a very, very reliable scorer as well. So, you know, those pieces will have value to other teams. And again, it's just up to the front office to decide what's the right move. But your core is already intact. Your core is here. It's Pascal, it's Scotty. There's not going to be like a. I mean it's, it, you're not going to see an OKC tanking situation.
1: Right. So. So let me ask you this. What is that right move that you speak of. It, how do you take what you have right now that is obviously it's a very unique situation for a basketball team to have pieces that are as good as the Raptors pieces are or as highly valued as the Raptors pieces are and yet still not be in contention right now for any sort of title. So so how do you what do you think that they need to make themselves or to allow them to take that next step?
6: Well, I mean, I think if you're looking at the media problems of this season, I think they're very similar to last year, really. I think that, um, you know, there is a glaring hole at center in terms of nobody can really truly play that position on a consistent basis. You don't have a 7-footer, you don't have a shot blocker. That makes it a lot more difficult for you to defend at a high level. Last season, I think the Raptors were able to make it work, but this year clearly not so much. They've really slipped in terms of the defensive rating. I think you know when you look at the bench too. You you really do need a difference maker off that bench. Somebody who can come in and really will the offense forward. A classic six man type of player, probably in the backcourt, where they really haven't had that kind of play. Right? They they've been turning to younger players like Malachi Flynn and Donald Banton, who hold potential, but right now they're not actually producing in that kind of third role. That's why they don't play consistently. So. You know, if you can address those immediate areas, I think this current group could work. But at the same time, you gotta give up something to actually fix some of those issues. And that's where you look at some of those other starters, right? Are you willing to, you know, move on from our Fred Van Vliet, who is probably gonna be paid I mean he's not probably guaranteed gonna be paid a hundred plus million in the offseason. Are you willing to commit to that? Gary Trent is also in line for a big extension. And then of course with OG, like, you know, you, you do continuously hear rumors and You know, when you think about those three players, for me, the way I'd approach it, and obviously Bobby and Messiah are way more smarter than what I'm doing, but I think with OG, he's the guy that would fetch you the biggest return out of those three players, not only because his contract is a year longer than the other two with Fred and Gary, but you know, you, you see the reports, like eight teams, nine teams are interested in OG. Like, there's a reason for that, right? And of course, when you're making a deal, it's not necessarily just about what you need, it's also about what other teams are willing to give you.
1: Okay so one last one for you who is the most intriguing team that has been tied to the Raptors who has the pieces I'm not asking you who the Raptors are going to trade what is the team that you are most intrigued by that could be a partner that could make the Raptors better.
6: I mean I think it's New Orleans on paper Um, there's not a long track record of Toronto and New Orleans those two front offices making deals but at the same time just on paper New Orleans is a team that obviously has a lot of talent on the roster. They're a better team than the record suggests right now. They're sliding just because of injuries. They're really ready to make that next jump. Last year they made some noise in the first round in the playoffs, but obviously they couldn't really get past a more veteran-led team. And I think, yeah, they could use a guy like Fred. They could use a guy like Gary. They could use a guy like OG. And they also have great, great prospects. You know, they made that AD deal with the Lakers. There's a lot of Laker picks on that side that you could potentially scoop over to Toronto's side. So... If there's one team, ideally, that you could probably make a trade with, it's probably New Orleans. But, again, there's lots of teams interested right now. So, you know, you could be having conversations with basically half the league.
1: Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm impressed with your official reporter's stance. Scotty was yelling half the time you are doing it. There was a PA address announcer, like, in the middle of you speaking. Uh, You powered through all of that. Real deal.
6: Thank you, thank you. You know, this is a a first, but hopefully it's not the last.
1: (laughs) It won't be the last. Thanks for dropping in, and uh, if things change, make sure you tune in tomorrow, Raptors Show, with Will Liu as we approach the deadline in the NBA. Will, thanks for doing this, dude. Thanks, guys. All right, there is uh, William Liu down at the game. Excellent work. Ready to go, yeah. Intrepid reporter. Doing that thing. like yeah. That's not natural to hold anything. That's why Ricky Bobby asked where he puts his hands. It's a very weird. It's, it's not very natural. Weird. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to be relaxed when you're doing that.
2: Yeah. It's just, yeah. We need a new, new microphone or something.
1: Oh, dear God. The lights again. What's going on? All right. Undertaker is going to join me uh, soon to discuss his one-man show. It's kind of freaking me out. I'm
2: afraid of the dark, man. Come but on. What up, up next?
1: <laughs> well, you can't be afraid of the dark of the day that we interview The Undertaker. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right yeah. now. I'm Canucks visit the Rangers, Scotia Bank, Wednesday night hockey, Bo Horvat to the Islanders. Who does Vancouver trade next? <laughs> Elliot Friedman joins us. <laughs> Matt, new theme song. For On the show. <laughs> Tanker's coming!
5: Sports Talk
0: with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show.
1: Thank you very much sheepdogs welcome back Tim and friends Tim McAuliffe along with Jesse Rubinoff we're with you for another hour on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360 coming up I will be joined by WWE legend (laughs) the Undertaker (laughs) that's right the phenom the dead man joining us right here on Tim and Friends in about 15 minutes. Are you going to keep the lights low when you interview them? Turn the lights down low. No, no, I'm going to keep them up because, frankly, I'm kind of scared. We'll also have lots of hockey talk this hour. Elliot Friedman, Ken Reed dropping by. Just two games in the NHL tonight, but that includes the Canucks and the Rangers on Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. Coverage starts Hockey Central, 7.30 Eastern time. Taker, coming up. Here on Tim and Friends, Vancouver return from their bye week and All-Star break Monday in Jersey, losing 5-4 in overtime to the Devils. Spencer Martin will get the start in goal tonight for the Canucks. It is the second game of three in the tri-state area. Guess what? They will face former captain Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders tomorrow. Anthony Beauvillier was held pointless in his Canucks debut on Monday, but he said.
3: And settling in after a couple of days of team. I definitely feel better now. More feels more more normal. Just uh, have a couple of skates and in game, and you know, trying to get some uh, get to know everyone at the same
4: time. And uh, definitely for it feels more normal for sure. It's been a crazy week, that's for sure. But uh, I'm happy to be here now, and happy to feel more comfortable here. Crazy
1: week and a crazy day here on Tim and Friends, so we settle it down. Elliot Friedman joins us now for 3 of 32, brought to you by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. Fried, we got three running themes on the show, maybe four, because I think we saw you eat a French fry live on television. (laughs) Um, So, one, how good is the fry? Two, do you want to weigh in on Chiefs-Eagles? The goat debate in the NBA or Twitter being down globally as an insider?
7: Yeah, I, I, I don't care about the Twitter thing. I, I do love watching everybody freak out over Twitter like on an almost daily basis now. Um, I, I'm a Jordan guy forever. I, you know, I no disrespect to LeBron James, but I am always a Jordan guy. I, I think we, I really do believe that your life is formed in your teenage years and whatever you see in your teenage years was the greatest thing you ever saw. (laughs) I was a teenager when Michael Jordan began his rise through the NBA. I am a Jordan Stan and nothing will ever knock him from number one in my books. And the documentary showing how petty and nasty he was only made
1: him greater in my eyes. Someone said to me, well, what if LeBron gets to six champs? And I'm like, he's never going to get to six championships. That It's sailed. Like, you didn't get Kyrie. I don't yeah. know who they could get to take him over the top, but he's never getting to six. So that argument is, is null and void.
7: Well, watching, like, Anthony Davis sit down, like being the only guy in the building sitting down while he beat the record last night. Yeah. Doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about that team right now?
1: (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Maybe. They might make it. You think I'm going to be
7: sitting down when you have The Undertaker on in 10 minutes? Yeah. Not a chance. I'm
1: going to be glued to watching that. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I was listening to the podcast, as I often do. I just want to make sure. Did you get the massage that was canceled by the Bo Horvat News? yes I, I did i was okay. actually i actually tweeted
7: during the massage
1: yes <laughs> that is awesome all right so what's going on with the canucks there was the rumors that jim rutherford wanted out i know you kind of weighed in on that uh that that ship has sailed or no or was never actually in the port well
7: no i like i don't think the the rumor was necessarily wrong like i think that <laughs> the rumor was out there like it wasn't like it's not like in simmons column it wasn't the only place i heard it right but i figured you know what i'll just check and i'll ask and uh he said that's not true and i you know the one thing i should have put in there that i didn't um is that there's always a caveat now and that is as long as his health is okay right i mean one of the reasons that he resigned in pittsburgh was that um you know coming out of covid Um, He'd been isolated for a long time, he was very careful during COVID, he's a little bit older, and I just think he wasn't in the best best frame of mind. I think that's one of the reasons he resigned as GM of the Penguins. I I think in this case, as long as his health stays okay, I I don't think he plans on on going anywhere. Like I've said this to you before, uh, Tim. Jim Rutherford wanted to be a GM in Canada for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now he has the opportunity, and I don't think he wants it to end like this.
1: Okay, so what's the checklist next for the Vancouver Canucks as we move along? I think,
7: the, I think they'd like to do Besser. I, I think that's something that they would like to do. I'm not convinced it's going to happen now. I think that they've been a lot more flexible in the beginning. I don't think they wanted to eat money but now I think they might. Um, they're willing to take back a contract as long as it's less term than Besser, who's got a couple of years left. But I think they'd like to do Besser, and I think the player, like I, like watching Horvat go, and now he's like free, and he scores last night, and he gets the big ovation, and he says, oh, I've never had an ovation like that before. <laughs> I've gotta think if you're a guy like Besser seeing all that, you would like, okay, I'd like my situation to be over too, and I think the Canucks would like to do that. I don't, I don't know that it's going to happen now, but I think everybody there is really trying. But the one to me that is, is obvious and it's up front is Shen, and you know, they have quite a bit of interest in Shen. Uh, I think Calgary's there, depend, even though their situation's a little bit uncertain right now. I think Boston's there, I think Toronto's been around there, and you know, I, I do think there's a push inside the organization. I wonder about the head coach, about keeping Shen. Uh, but I think if they get what they want, and with all of this, with all this interest, I, I think there's a good chance they get what they want. I think it's more likely that they deal him.
1: Uh, were you around the Canucks next captain in Florida?
7: I was around Pedersen in Florida. <laughs> I really liked how he laid down While we were doing the interview, like we said to him, you can sit up or you can lie down, and (laughs) he took the option
1: to lie down.
7: Like, yeah, somebody said to me, like, "Are you his psychiatrist?" (laughs) Uh, By the way, I did. I want to say this: I had some complaints over my attire that I was too dressed or I wasn't wearing flip flops. Mm -hmm. I have to say to you, like, I I think you kind of have to dress a, a certain way. But when I looked at the picture and I looked at the video. I was thinking, yeah, you know what? I agree with everyone who said that. I I was definitely a little bit overdressed.
1: (laughs) All right, so uh, I'm hearing that Seth Jones and Patrick Kane did not practice today in Chicago. Anything there?
7: I I, I think with Kane, like, I, I don't know about Jones, I have to say. I'm not sure about that one. Okay. I think, like, with Kane, I don't think it's like this means he's getting traded imminently or anything like that. Kane's playing hurt. And I wouldn't be, and I think they're just being careful right now. Like why have him practice if you don't need to practice? Like one of the things that, that happened in, in Florida at the All-Star is I had a few players, Tim saying to me that they think that they think that Kane's really sucking it up to play. One, because he likes playing. and number two, because I think Chicago's kind of counting on what they can get for him in a deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's uh, conserving things. You know, Taves is the other one right now. Um, he's got a non-COVID illness. He's missed a few games. I think today Luke Richardson said it was the flu, but or flu-like, but they are trying to figure out exactly what's going on there too. I, I think with Taves and Kane, we're gonna know how those two guys feel around the 20th of February. I think that's the approximate deadline day for the two of them to indicate um, what they're going to do. I think they both recognize their future is not in Chicago, mm-hmm. so I think it's going to come down to how they feel about where they might want to go at that time.
1: Uh, for those wondering, the official explanations: Kane and Seth Jones out maintenance, and as uh, Freach yes. mentions, Taves is out with an illness, non-COVID related. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so. Is there another team, and I know we've got some time here, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, that's more urgent. Mm -hmm. Is there another team out there that you're kind of keeping your eye on that may be able to make some noise or be a kingmaker here?
7: Oh, I I think everybody's always keeping their eye on Toronto. Um, You know, Nick is a frequent guest of yours, and he wondered about... (laughs) <laughs> could they potentially go for a goalie i don't think they're going to do that uh unless it's something that like they have an ahl all-star goalie and they have another guy in Shahlgren who has not had a good year in the ahl but has been decent enough for them in the nhl mm-hmm. like they, they don't have a lot of room or uh m- items that they can really trade they're limited in what they can do I think unless they're really presented with something that's a tremendous upgrade in what they have, I don't think they're going in goal. Uh, I do think they want to add a forward. I do think they want to add a defenseman. You know, if you want, I-, I went back and I rewatched that game against Boston today, the last one before the deadline, yep. and Boston gave them a uh, the uh, last one before the uh, All Star game, yeah. and Boston gave them a lot of trouble in, in their own zone. and And you know, you're going to get Boston in Tampa if you want to get out of your division. I think they're very interested in doing their blue line and I think that's that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to try to find the best possible defenseman and the best possible forward within the constraints of what they can do and I believe that's their goal and because they're the Maple Leafs and they suck up the most oxygen, I think that's the team we're all kind of wondering about.
1: Okay, so before I let you go, you didn't mention Thatcher Demko's name with the Canucks you don't believe yeah. that he'd be going uh, in and around this deadline?
7: I just wonder, Tim, you know, he's, he hasn't played yet. We're yep. three weeks away from the deadline. I, like, I do think he could go at some point, maybe in the summer, but I just don't know if there's enough runway right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm not as sure that's going to happen with him. He's got to play, and he's got to convince people he's healthy. Are we going to have enough runway for that?
1: We only have 30 seconds here, and I think it's unfair, but I think the All-Star Game or weekend kind of sort of took a beating, at least north of the yes, border. Yes, it did. Are, are we going to make or see some significant changes to this because of the beating that it took?
7: I have been told it is a priority to make it better. So, yes, <laughs> we are going to see changes. Oh,
1: you know, the other thing, too, Tim... That's is a that whole that segment. Like, how do we make this the All-Star this year, Weekend better?
7: Yes, yeah. and this year the game outdrew the skills. In Canada, that never happens.
1: Yeah. All right, Frege. I actually like the pitch and puck thing. I thought that was fun, but whatever. Maybe yeah, I'm just maybe. that guy. You're one of a few. <laughs> yeah, I am one <laughs> of a few. Frege, always appreciate it. We'll let you get back to your fries. Take care, guys. All right, there is Elliot Friedman. Uh, I offered up the Eagles and the Chiefs, but he went the other way. On He went to Twitter, and he went to... He liked the lo- GOAT. Lo- the GOAT is really topical. Yeah, and he's a, he's, he, like, he likes all sports, but he likes basketball. Yeah. Basketball line. Stop doing, doing this, this to yeah, me! It's very scary. Time for another break, but after it, WWE legend The Undertaker about his one-man show that hits Montreal next week. That's right, Taker. Next on Tim and Friends.
0: I can't kill. It's already dead.
1: It was Ray Lewis who once said success is one thing, impact is another. I'm not sure many, if any, made the kind of impact Undertaker, a.k.a. Mark Calloway, made on professional wrestling. In fact, Taker turned into the type of athlete that transcended his game and became one of the most recognizable athletes or entertainers on planet Earth. The dead man's pull, equal parts size, skill, Silence, a silence he breaks in his new one-man show, which hits Canada on February 16th before the WWE Elimination Chamber takes place in one of wrestling's most iconic cities montreal speaking of iconic sometimes i i joke when i introduce someone on the show by calling them the man the myth the legend this is no joke that is one of the best ways to describe taker seven-time world champion the streak the dead man the american badass the phenom
5: or simply the legend mark calloway joins me now hey mark thanks so much for dropping on here with us all right tim thanks for having me i don't know that i can follow that introduction though man that's uh Hey, man, you you wrote the book. Can you just loop it? Just loop it?
1: (laughs) You wrote the book. I'm just following it here. And I I feel like we're never going to do this justice. I feel like we could go a 100 different ways with this. But let's start with the one-man show. How does a dude whose character was built in part on silence start a (laughs) one-man show?
5: Oh, man, I just got looped into it, I guess. I don't know. Um, You know what I did? I kind of screwed up. When I made my, uh, my hall of fame speech, you know, afterwards I, I came back, I went backstage and everybody's kind of looking at me like, where's that been? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I was like, well, I guess it's always been there. I just, uh, I hadn't needed it. And, uh. I don't know, maybe a week or so later, uh, I think it was Bruce Pritchard was like, hey, what do you think about doing this? And what do you think? You know, and I was like, because uh, even even, you know, even that late in the game, uh, you know, I still have a tendency to not want to talk about things. It, it right. just, you know, after doing it a certain way for 30 years or over 30 years now, it, it's just kind of difficult. And, uh, you know, we're we're getting there and. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, people will will enjoy some of these stories that I think will kind of blow their mind, uh, to, I think everyone has this, this, uh, this this preconceived idea about, about the undertaker and and Mark Calloway. Oh, he's the, you know, you always hear that, oh, he's the locker room leader. And, you know, which all those things are fine and true, but, um, I had some pretty damn good times uh while I was out doing the undertaker and uh you know it was easy for me early on because I didn't have to worry about uh social media and cell phones and people filming everything right. and uh, you know we actually had some really really good times and uh you know I like to the ones that I can share <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah the
5: ones that I can share are pretty are pretty good and uh I, I you know I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm in, I'm actually starting to enjoy uh you know sharing these with with our with our fans it's it's a it's a good time
1: well correct me if i'm wrong there's also some q and a so so maybe people can pull a little bit out of you yeah,
5: yeah it's that's usually that's the part of the show that i call you know that's when it all comes off the rails uh, <laughs> yeah you know i'll do uh you know i'll do my open and uh you know i'll and i'll have a couple of stories that i want to tell or something that kind of goes with the message that i'm giving that particular night right and then when I open it up to the floor, that's when it that's when all hell really breaks <laughs> loose. Uh because you just never know. You never know what somebody's gonna ask and uh and uh and then the direction that it goes from there. It uh <laughs> it's it's already proven. I've done eight of these now and it's it it always proves to be uh, you know, some shocker comes out. Like I feel like <laughs> where on earth did you come up with that <laughs> question? You know? Yeah. And,
1: yeah, part of it's, part of the fun, though, and I think listen that that WWE Hall of Fame induction speech uh, was so good, and I think what happened there was you didn't just pull the curtain back like you tore the whole damn thing down, and, and that's why people kind of enjoyed it. Now you are, as you said, eight in. Like, how's it going? I mean, I've heard through the grapevine that. We're pretty similar, not in stature, uh, not in athleticism, but you put everything you have into everything that you do. You are hard on yourself. You're trying to constantly get better. Like a one-man show would seemingly put you in the crosshairs every night. What's the process been like for you?
5: It is is—it um, it, it is difficult, and I do um, – I do put a, a considerable amount of pressure on myself to, to always try and deliver. Um, you know, you go back and you watch, uh, you know, the last ride, um, yeah. you know, and he's trying to search for that perfect ending and, 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 you know, not trying to, uh, you know, make excuses for my age or my health or anything else. I don't, you know, I just don't, that's not the way I'm wired. And, you know, with these shows, um, you know, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find that flow and it uh, you know, sometimes it's really organic. Like, uh, you know, even the, the, you know, the first show that I did in Nashville at SummerSlam uh, was really, really good. And then I'll go to Cardiff and that thing was off the charts. Right. Um, You know, and then I get to, you know, you don't want to do the same material. So you kind of start thinking of different things and um, you know, you tend to mess up. Sometimes you mess up the formula uh, overthinking things. And I think I kind of did that in Philadelphia and, and I wasn't real happy with, you know, although, you know, all the reviews and everything I got back were were great, but to me, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like it flowed the way I wanted it to. And, uh, so, you know, I just, you know, I I just can't, you know, I go back to the speech. I can't be content with, with anything. And I want it to be the very best, uh, that it can be because it's such a, it's a, a, it's a small uh it's a small group of people that get to, to see yeah it, it is very intimate yeah. um you know and there, there's there's no phones allowed so i mean this is i, I want this to be special for the people that that, that go out and to buy these tickets and buy tickets to, for the meet and greets you know i try to make the meet and greet memorable i don't try to just make it uh you know uh, hey how you doing and out you go i try to interact with with the uh you know with the people in the meet and greets and then I try to carry that momentum over into the show and uh, and make people, I always want them wanting more when they leave and that's kind of my goal and, and, and you know that's kind of what I want. I want them wanting more um, gotcha. w- when they leave that night.
1: So if you're going to be in Montreal or in the area and you want to see the one dead man show it's at the Olympia tickets are available at ticketmaster.ca 30 30 years in the game at it's over 30 years in the game at its highest level is crazy where do people at the show lean in most like I don't want you don't need to tell a story save those for the shows but but what topics do you notice the big pops on
5: um, anything anything backstage uh any of those oh, those dynamics things that have happened, um, you know, I, I tell stories uh, you know, of some th- things that have happened with me and and Hogan and uh, you know, I have stories you know of my debut and and some of the you know the, the things that were going on uh backstage the night that I debuted uh I, I think that's the stuff that they really, uh that they really want to get you know sink their teeth into um you know in ring stuff yeah there there is there is things that happen and things that are discussed that are in ring um but a lot of those topics have really been discussed at nauseam right (laughs) you know i mean it's been you've heard every pretty much every perspective on you know the montreal screw job and hell in the cells and all the, and all those things are are very important to our our history but it's the stuff that people haven't heard you know heard. I, yeah it's yeah. the stuff that they haven't heard of you know me and the bsk tearing it up all night long in <laughs> montreal city you know i mean it's just like <laughs> it's montreal, a good place to tear it up man are you kidding me <laughs> I, I, I it's been yeah. conservatively it's been over 10 years i know since i've been to montreal um Back in the day, when we'd see that on our booking sheets, it was uh, <laughs> it was a given we were going to have a really really good time, yeah. and not so much in the arena. But uh, <laughs> understood.
1: Yeah. Every every kid grew up where I grew up took like a class trip in around grade twelve to Montreal because they needed to. <laughs> um, so, <Exactly. laughs> what, what do you get asked about more? Like when you're talking about the in the ring stuff, is it the streak? is it the hell in the cell match with man
5: like wh- what do you get
1: asked more in the q a portion of it
5: um you know there's really it, it, it's it varies and I, you know, the, there's really not a lot of the same questions that's kind of a, the nice. amazing amazing thing um uh, you know yeah you, the, the you know the streak is a you know yeah that one's a that one's been probably asked a lot, you know, how did you feel when the streak got beat? You know, like, well, it sucked, <laughs> you know, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, man, the hell in the cell, um, you know, the streak, the, those are probably the the topics that I get repeated, probably the most, but that's really not, you know, they don't, it's not, they're really unique questions every, every show. Uh, it's just, and, and you never, like I said, you just never know like who they're going to ask about. And sometimes it's really obscure and I'm having to like, oh, mm. <laughs> you know, call yeah. back into the memory banks. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's, that's another thing. You know, I've got over 30 years of <laughs> stuff you know, and you start trying to weed through something in the, in the, in the yeah. blink of an eye, like to come up with a really, really good story. And, um, You know, and depending on who it is, uh, you know, I have multiple stories that I can rattle off, you know, with zero hesitation. And then there's some guys that I have to think about, like, yeah, hmm,
1: hmm. uh, How much do I
5: want to maintain this relationship? Exactly.
1: Yeah, I got you. So, so your last official match, official match, uh, WrestleMania 36, Boneyard, AJ Styles, so many moments, but, but like we've seen over the last little while as we've kind of pulled back this curtain that this ain't as glorious a life as some make it out to be. And we've seen, listen, a lot of dudes go before their time. It is hard ass work is what I'm trying to say. So I'm curious after all of it, like do you have any regrets? Do you go through any of the tough times as well? Because I know it wasn't easy
5: for you from the start either. No, um, there's a lot of things that, that I did and that, that happened um, that I wish were different but at this point I, I can't have any regrets because everything happened at, for a reason, put me in a position one way or another, um, to adjust and move forward. So I have to look at things like that. I can't, I can't sit back and wish like, man, I wish I'd have done this, or I wish I'd have done that. Um, you know, I, I wish I had spent more time with my children. Right. right. Uh, um, but there's no way to really, or at least in my mind, I was convinced that there was no way to, to have this career and do all these things and, and be invested as a father. Now I learned later on that, that I could and, you know, and and I'll not get that time back, but I can't look back and say, wow, I I really regret this. Or I regret that. Um, I always tried to use the mistakes, which I made many of. I always tried to use those as, as a learning tool and not make the same mistakes twice. And, um, you know that's the way I that I have to look at things. Understood. And, uh, I got you. Uh, yeah. Th-
1: this show goes before Raw, NXT, and SmackDown on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Um, are you still watching? And if so, like, who are the folks that you're still watching?
5: Yeah, I still um, I, I still watch the product, uh, and you know I watch obviously it's a kind of a no brainer. Um, you know I'm watching uh, what Bray does. Yeah. Uh the bloodline story is just phenomenal. Um, and you know, obviously in my being in Montreal, you I'd be remiss if I didn't meet, mention Sami Zayn and the job that he's done in that story. Um, but that's that 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 bloodline and Sami Zayn story is so compelling. It's so well done. It's what we do. Uh that's what we do at our best is we we storytell. And um, I think that whole thing has been done. I mean, just from the just the layers of how it started, uh, you know, and, and bringing the 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 usos into it, and the, the the uncertainty there, and then bringing everything together where it's just a well-oiled machine till you can see the wheels loosening up and about to come off, and then the thing with Sammy. It's really been well done. So um, obviously, I watch those guys uh, again. I'm always interested in what bray Wyatt's doing um um can i jump then, in on
1: bray for a second i don't mean to interrupt yeah. the
5: inter- undertaking. no
1: no 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 but but when you brought up bray I-, I know you shared the moment uh you tweeted about it he tweeted about it as as a dude like i'm an old school dude uh, i thought that was a very cool i, I don't know like a, a passing of the torch almost like any way you share what you whispered to him after that match, like what I I know was special for both of you guys. And a lot of fans are interested in, in what that was.
5: Yeah, no, they're, they're very interested. And I knew that they would be uh, when I did it. Uh, But yeah, no, that's, that's the moment that, that, uh, that Bray and I shared, Uh, you know, there's obviously a, a huge amount of comparisons between his character and mine um and i think uh you know he, he's his he's his own guy he's his own character I, I don't think it's fair to him to compare what he does to what i did um and in, in, the, in the big scheme of things obviously it's in the same you know it's kind of in that same supernatural um i don't know what genre right <laughs> but you know it's a it's a it's 2023 and he's doing his own thing, but I, you know, I can appreciate, I can see what he's trying to do. And, um, and, you know, I just let him know too, that, you know, my, my, my phone's always on and if he needs to talk to me about things or run things by me, that's cool. Uh, I would be more than glad to share my experiences, um, you know, with, with him and and hopefully shine some light on maybe questions that he has moving forward. Um, so yeah, it, it was a cool moment and, uh, it did exactly what I thought it would do. That's awesome. Uh, we've been talking LeBron most of the show
1: and, uh, the Kareem, I don't know if you saw it last night, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hands him the ball. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. the similarities when I rewatched you whispering to Brett, I go, just, I know you played some basketball at a pretty high level. So I thought, uh, maybe there's some similarities there. Listen, I feel like we could have done this for like an hour or more. Uh, But that's what the one-man show is for. Tickets available at Ticketmaster February 16th at the Olympia in Montreal ahead of WWE Elimination Chamber, which is streaming on Sportsnet now. Mark, I can't thank you enough for stopping by and and giving uh, the fans an idea of what they might see at your one-man show.
5: Yeah, I, I appreciate the time, Tim. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, it's going to be a wild night in Montreal. I, I just I can't imagine a night in Montreal not being wild. And we're gonna we're gonna peel back the curtain a little a little bit further, and uh, you know, give the give the people that show up uh, a little insight into my Montreal. That's awesome. Thank it, you very it's much. Be
1: fun. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And you can tell by the eyes, Taker means business. That's right, kids. The Undertaker here on Tim and Friends. That was wonderful. He knew my name. Jesse, that's kind of crazy. That is really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Scary, but cool. I know Kenny Reed's name. You're going to join me next. Wednesdays with Kenny, a fitting way to follow the taker here on Tim and Friends. From one champion to another. <laughs> yes, from one wow. champion to another. I don't know if it's seven time champ, but Kenny, yeah. do you know that your dream has come true? What? What's my dream? I don't know if you know this, but your dream has come true. Twitter's Twitter is broken? down globally. Good. Take it down <laughs> for good. Take
4: all that social media stuff down. I love when Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, said no phones at a show. You know mm. why there's no phones? Put your but well, there's probably a lot of reasons, but put your phone down, live in the moment. That was a great interview, by the way. Uh, Dave Chappelle also. But that's no for phones. different reasons. I got a new hat. <laughs> oh, well, you see, do. Yeah, uh, my phone. buddy Rob from Owen Sound sent me this. Look at that. I was in Owen Sound for hockey day and I said, Sweet lid. Yeah. Like just like this is the best thing about no the small way. towns. And he sent it to you? No, he said, got another one at home, I'll send you one. So he did. So thanks, Rob. There a, you that go. is
1: a sweet lid. Uh, yeah. Jesse, Twitter we'll may
4: be down. We're still getting tweets.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's hard. i got to like refresh and work some magic
1: well, here. Well, I heard like, that if you if you
2: tweet from a scheduled tweet, it'll go up. But... Yeah. I think we're slowly coming back online, but let's get to a couple responses. Well, you mean it might be done, done cool? forever? No, no, no. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Darn it all, no. <laughs> <laughs>
5: says
2: Kenny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Rick says, that was super cool to see Undertaker on Tim and Friends. Agreed. It was very cool. was awesome, yeah. Holy crap, the Undertaker's on Tim and Friends. Unreal. Ow, that was, that was an incredible interview. Uh, Loyola, yep, it was a deadly Interview. I got it. Uh, Tim's voice is what WWE promos are missing. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, one of the coolest interviews I've seen on your show, Tim McAuliffe's so good. And I then Marco says, I appreciate says uh, Will Jesse Rubinoff get a tombstone. Evidently yeah. I didn't. He was on Zoom. I know a lot of people. Well,
1: no, we could still we could still do a tombstone if you want. No, no, no. I'd pr- let You're the sure? professional do it. So next time <laughs> yeah. when he comes I mean, in I studio and he's he delivered did. a tombstone or two. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We
4: used to do wrestling all the time on my
1: little sister. Yeah. I had mattresses in my basement. We laid down mattresses and we well, would wrestle. Oh, yeah. On the mattress. Yeah, that makes it like what? 1% safer? Yeah. Oh,
4: the that was in the days before boys. the morning. We <laughs> yeah. didn't go mattresses. We just all out. Yeah. That was a lot of wrestling uh, back in the day. All right. Best. Speaking Great of stuff. youngest of cool. four boys. Uh, to be honest, Plus I still cool. suplex my two sons.
1: <laughs> Do you? Yeah.
4: Onto the bed. Onto the bed.
1: Yeah, understood. Uh, all right. So yesterday we had a conversation that I felt like was missing something. That something was Ken Reed <laughs> in his opinion. Because we were talking about <laughs> Jacob Truba, his two hits. And the two fights that came immediately following Jacob Truba. First off, the Rangers and Flames game was unbelievable. Best game of the season. But we can't have that best game of the season. Why? Why don't we have that game more often? And why does Jacob Truba have to fight after his big hits? And wherever you want to take this, I'm good with because I know that sometimes you just fly it.
4: Here's the deal. If you can't, you got to be able to take a hit. I cannot. I love hockey fights more than anybody. I cannot stand when this beautiful thing happens, that Truba hit on Dylan Dubé, and then he has to fight. I loved it both times that they gave the Flames the instigator. It's absolute garbage that after delivering such a beautiful hit that you got to scrap. If you don't like it, take a number, get them later. Kadri said after the game, good hit, took my medicine, on we go. When we were kids... We used to say, "What's the difference?" What? What's the difference? What? So
1: Kipper said take yesterday, a number? "We would take. It would happen. It just
4: wouldn't happen." You'd take immediately. a number. Well, because if you, if you don't take a number, you get your two for instigating. You give them a power play. Right. Okay. So that's be that's a man, is that your only. No. It's, be a man. Take the hit. <laughs> take the number. Get him later. Man, when we were or kids, a woman.
2: We, he had a feeling this was gonna come yeah, out. When we were oh, kids, yeah,
4: yeah. we'd say, "Oh, he can hit, but he can't take." That would mean if he'd like hitting guys, but if right. you hit him, he'd freak out like right. a little whiny baby, right. which is what these players look like. And I think. <laughs> but what's there's the, the
1: difference th- between taking the number and then st- two minutes? Let me ask you a question: Do you think Dylan Dube, mm-hmm. and I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, we're having a conversation, so it's okay. Yeah. Do you think Dylan Dubey was more respected in that locker room after that game?
4: Why? For taking the hit?
1: No, because he went and fought after the cadre hit.
4: Maybe, but that's sadly where the game is now. Like, I I talked to a lot of former players, and one of them mentioned, I think they fight now right after a big hit because they don't know what to do. Because there are no No, big hits anymore. that's,
1: That's what Kipper, see, so my opinion on this change when Kipper came in yesterday, and you're right, there are less of these guys don't know how to react. Right. But what would happen previously was the heavyweight on the other team would think, who do I go after right. to get these guys back for this hit? And what right. it was, was oftentimes eye for an eye.
4: Well, then their so other heavyweight steps in, and
1: you have a go, and it's done. No, no, but if you hit, I mean, Mark Messier, who did he go after?
4: Well, uh, My, I, Mike Medano once. There's the great Wendell Clark story of uh, Gino Logic running around going crazy, and he said to, to Bure, you tell Gino to right. stop or you're next, right. and then it stopped. Right. Okay? <laughs> but There's some, body check. Right, but
1: hold on. You're romanticizing that. Sometimes it didn't stop. Sometimes it didn't uh, stop. M- then most then of scrapped. the time it didn't Good. stop. Good. But listen. No, but Burray would get his head kicked in.
4: Burry never got his head kicked, no. in. When did Burry get his no, head kicked? No, he just got it plowed in. Whatever. Listen, whatever. There's not... no
1: No good skilled okay. guys got hurt back in the day. Very few. Get out. Very I. few. Have you watched Paul Korea's career?
4: To... Yeah, that was in the playoffs yeah, against what? Scott Stevens. But, but hey, here's, here's career. the Here's the other thing. Not just one. Who's gonna do something? No, Scott but you Stevens? can't you can't just move on from Korea because that's the that's what happens. But it's look, what Truba did was perfectly legal. I would debate maybe sometimes the stuff Korea took was not legal. Not legal anymore. So what is wrong? Not legal anymore. What is wrong with with what Jacob Truba did? Nothing. No, no. Absolutely nothing. So if you – listen, maybe that's the modern response. I'm more take a number. But those two hits by Truba were beautiful. Two beautiful hits. The other part is he won both fights and the Rangers got a power play out of it. (laughs) Both times. Both times, yeah. And as I tweeted – for all 15 of you who follow me on Twitter, <laughs> I want Truba on my team, and that is what I want hockey to look like. Not that part after it. Yeah, and for me of, to say I don't want to see a hockey fight—that's that's a leap. There, there's not a lot of teams that can play the game that we saw the Rangers and Flames play. And those are the kind of games you got to play in the playoffs, and those are the kind of games well, the, you need to win in the playoffs. They're also the kind of
1: games that fans will say is the game of the year. Yes, which may be a little. Uh, cognitive dissidence between the league and their fans right now. The, it, it,
4: listen, that game was pure entertainment. Yeah. You know what I didn't see after this game, Tim? I didn't see an analytical breakdown of it because you didn't need one. The storylines were obvious. <laughs> the entertainment was fantastic. Goals, hits, fights. I didn't need someone tell me about uh, neutral zone turnovers and right. uh, top A, grade A chances because the, the the meat was on the bone there. I didn't have to pick at it. I saw it. I was right. entertained. That's how I want Hawk can, can I just add one thing and I hate that I even do this myself because I tend
1: to agree with yeah you most know of you're
4: me. just trying to make good TV industry. no no
1: I'm not I'm not trying to make good TV here I, I think it needs to be said Scott Stevens also retired because of concussions
4: the game he, was different then no but he
1: was a hammer right and he retired so we can't have this
4: all the time because we know the ramifications well, of this. You, you can't have it all the time because you wouldn't survive 82 games, right? That like, like I what we say, say. The 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 regular season is a marathon. The playoffs are more condensed, more of a sprint. Okay, right. and so, that's why
1: you see the difference in the game. And that
4: is yeah. why you need a tough guy in the regular season to get you through the marathon. And they're like, well, tough guys don't play in the playoffs. No, because then it's time to sprint. And sometimes your tough guy will dress in the playoffs, but. It, If you got a tough guy to keep things in line during the regular season, it'll keep things in line during the regular season. Like, if I'm Ryan Reeves right now, Jacob Scherber's not a tough guy, but he's tough. He can do whatever he wants. He's one of the unicorns. He can do whatever he wants. There aren't many of those. So I want guys who can do whatever they want and just kind of laugh at everybody else.
1: I was gonna talk about how the Oilers are gonna win the Pacific, but we've run out of time.
4: Will you stick around? That was better conversation. Well, I am contractually obligated. Well, it seems like, like you're engaged a little bit too. I, I get into it. Yeah, well, you got the Undertaker, yeah. you got a physical hockey. Yeah. That's right up Kenny's alley. Now we got hockey cards maybe even next segment, I heard. Ah it's a, little, rumor.
1: a little a little revealing behind the curtain. Kenny Reed will run. That's what the Undertaker up.
4: does in his one man show coming to sixteenth. I don't like Kenny. I don't boy. Yeah, oh boy.
1: Reader Timmy and Ruby, we hope your game day starts with us here on Tim and Friends. Here's what's coming up on the network: Canucks, Rangers, Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey coverage starting soon. In fact, we'll talk to them in an NBA doubleheader on Sportsnet One. Celtics host the Sixers, followed by Kyrie Irving making his Mavs oh, debut. Uh, Kenny's that favorite <laughs> player as they
4: visit the Clippers. Oh. What time is it? Three, four! <laughs> get, get, get we go can to I the just panel. mention something yeah. I think it's funny that Kyrie Irving plays for the Mavericks now and their their logo is contained within a round ball <laughs> all right as, I, as
1: I mentioned uh Hockey Central coming up 7:30 Eastern very soon Rangers Canucks Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey Carolyn Cameron's and the panel Standing by with a preview. And they would be,
3: thanks Tim, Sam Cosentino, Jamal Mares, and Anthony Stewart. Just because we don't want to add fuel to the fire. Sorry, Ken. We're not going to talk about Jacob Truba. We'll save it for the pregame show. But who else are you going to have your eye on tonight?
0: Uh, You know, with... The new coach coming in with the Vancouver Canucks right now, it's going to be an opportunity for some other guys to show what they can do. You can see Dakota Joshua playing second-line minutes, 13, 14 minutes a night. But one player that I'm keeping an eye on is Phil DiGiuseppe. And this is a player that I'm have the pleasure to be on the ice with in the summertime with the likes of Matt Nichol, Tyler Sagan, uh, Tom Wilson. And this guy is a player. That is a goal scorer's goal. He scores 13 in 30 games this year in Abbotsford this guy is a player so with an opportunity to show what he can do I'm sure he'll surprise some Canucks fans for sure
1: he'll have 25 in Abbotsford that's what my prediction He's 28 put your he money where is. your mouth is let's go here <laughs> all right I'm going to go with JT Miller and what is he going to bring to the table he's got a new coach not having the season that he wish he had last season this year a little bit more difficult for him to find the back of the net but he's a guy that they look to offensively he's an emotional player who plays on emotion hasn't quite found his offensive game that he had He's got to find a way to get it done
5: this year. We're going to move away from the Vancouver Canucks. because We've been hearing about that for a month. All right. Let's talk (laughs) about
3: the blue shirts here a little bit. Let's talk about Mika Zibanejad over a point per game coming off that three-point effort after the break and beating Calgary and a guy who plays that all-around game. He gives you 20 minutes a night. He's an honest player, and you have to love the way he's producing on that top line
5: for the New York Rangers. We'll see what he has in store for the Canucks in this tilt tonight.
3: And that is what you call Just a Taste, a preview of what's to come on uh, Hockey Central beginning at 7.30 Eastern time. And also on Hockey Central, we'll have part two. You saw the first half on Roger's Monday Night Hockey of the Indigenous hockey card story, which I know Ken's going to be all over.
4: Oh, yes, See, hockey I lip, card I lip-synced lip for Carolyn there because we popped <laughs> up on not screen. Not annoying
1: at all. No. 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 Uh, thank you for this, as always. And anytime you want to weigh in on that Truba stuff, I would love... To get Kenny riled up like oh, we had in the last night. Oh yeah, second. yeah. Get going, boys.
4: <laughs> Have a great show, guys. See Thanks. you guys. All right there is the crew getting you set. We
1: got uh, this hockey uh, hockey card store. What's so, going on here? Okay,
4: so Upper Deck put out a card set of Indigenous uh, players who never had cards back in the day. So my buddy named Cardinal yeah. out in BC. I always say collect what you want. Yeah. So name cl- collects rookie cards of indigenous players, right. the story kind of got out there and he mentioned that there's a lot of players whose cards he can't find, often cases because they didn't have cards. Right. So Upper Deck put out this set of uh, First Peoples rookie cards who didn't have cards before, so Ted Nolan's oh, in there. Soft. Ted Nolan cool. played for Detroit, played for Pittsburgh, never had a card, so now he's got a card in Detroit uniform. Like There have been other sets out before with Nolan, but after the fact, but this is cool that Upper Deck put this out. So. The thing about having a card back in the day, like if you're if you're Stewie or Jammer, as soon as you get drafted, you get, your, you know, you're gonna, not drafted, but you skate, you get your Young Guns card. Yeah. Back in the day, Opeachy, they didn't do a card of everybody, no. right? Like Dave Reed, Lou Francis Getty, they had to wait 10 years before they appeared on a oh, hockey card. So a lot of guys from back in the day, didn't have cards so uh name collects rookie cards of indigenous players so now he can collect those so he and awesome. his buddy designed so we'll see part the set two of that today yeah yeah and there's gonna be a story on that in the broadcast and upper deck hey do cards of dudes from Nova Scotia who never had a card? Because I collect those. I'm looking for <laughs> Paul Boudelier, <Boodley, laughs> Never had an NHL card, Try, man. Trying to swing it into That's something right. for Kenny. Get card. All right, something oh, for Jack. Oh, Teapot card
1: would be oh, awesome. A there you, you go. But Teapot card. But Kenny, a re- we'd have to call a doctor after yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah, two hours
4: for yeah. Sure. Yeah. really <laughs> even
1: happy. earlier.
4: Yeah, really happy for name. He's an awesome guy. He's got a great collection. So you'll That's like nice. that story tonight on Scotia Bank Wednesday night hockey. And then in two weeks, it's The Undertaker in Montreal. February 16. <laughs> Very
1: good. Let Jesse do game
4: Well done.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's start with game time here with uh, the Raptors who take on the Spurs tonight. It's the last game before tomorrow's trade deadline. Many key starters obviously have been floated out in the rumor mill all season long. We talked to Will Lou about this, Timmy. How much is this team going to change tomorrow, in your opinion?
1: I have no idea at this juncture in time who's going to be here after tomorrow for the Toronto Raptors. There's a lot of names out there. I'll just say this if Freddie van vliet goes mm-hmm. he's in my top five of favorite raptors of all time wow and that that means i'm sliding out names that some people would make me put in their favorite like, or top? all-time no best. favorite okay. and, and and listen he's top 10 all-time best toronto raptors different argument yeah, and to, top yeah. five favorite raptors yeah. of all time because of what he represented, where he came from, how he represented the team, himself, the city, the country, and where he's from. I just, I'm a huge fan of Freddie. And I don't know if they'll give him a standing ovation. I don't know if we're at that point yeah. before maybe him leaving, but it's it's well-deserved without it. Consummate professional. He, he should get a video tribute when he
4: returns. No, he should not. <laughs> he hasn't true. even been traded yet, and you're already <laughs> playing the video tribute. The video tribute is the participation badge of this generation. Yeah, but he's not a participation badge
2: guy. No, one, I know. I wonder if Kyrie Irving will get a video tribute when he goes back to Brooklyn. <laughs> <enemies>. <laughs> that he be probably the will. That will. His be Mavericks the debut one. tonight. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yesterday Irving spoke for the first time since being created from Brooklyn, where he said he felt "quote very That's disrespected" at times during his three plus years with the Nets. Kenny, very quickly, and we're running out of time. Uh, but enlighten us as to when you ever felt very disrespected.
4: Every night, every morning, when I wake up in my house surrounded by my family, I feel immediately disrespected. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. That's why I
2: asked you that. We're like 10 seconds ago, I didn't want you to go on and on. And the but,
4: fact that they don't pay me for being on this show. Oh, no, sorry.
1: <laughs> that does it for us, Hockey Central, coming up 7.30 Eastern time. Have a great night. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow after the NBA trade deadline when the Raptors could look better.
4: Imagine if they traded no one. Wouldn't we look fooled? <sighs> These are the breaks. NBA doesn't usually do that, too. Oh, no, they don't.